0: Welcome to Tzairat Imecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Pamela Rufka semonsen and today we will be studying Divrei HaYom in Perak Chavches Chapter 28. From the very first posuk, the negative tone about the reign of Ochoz is set. Ochoz, who became king aged 20, and reigned for 16 years in Yerushalayim. He did not do what was right in Hashem's eyes, like his father, David. He did not do as David had done. He went in the ways of the kings of Yisrael, that's the kings of the Northern Kingdom. And he also made molten images to the Baalim. Metsurah Tzion clarifies that Maseichos, are molten statues and so molten gods. He made molten images for the Baalim. Posuk 3. He burned incense in the Ben-Hinoim valley and burnt his sons in the fire. I translated based on Mitzurah's Tzayin. David specifies that this act was worship of the idol Melech. Like the abominations of the nations whom Hashem had expelled before the children of Yisrael. The Gemara in Sanhedrin relates that Achaz sought to burn his son, Chizkiyahu, for idol worship. But Chizkiyahu's mother put salamander blood on him to protect him from burning four, he sacrificed and burned incense on the Bamos high places and on the hills and under every leafy tree. In Pasukim five to eight, understanding their content with some interpretation from Mitsuddhas, Hashem causes Ochoz to be struck both by the king of Aram, who is called Rutsin. And by Pekach, the son of Ramaliahu, who is the king of Yisrael, the northern kingdom, both Aram and Yisrael invade Yehuda. Aram takes many captives from Yehuda to Darmosek, and the forces of Pekach kill one hundred and twenty thousand men of valor, courageous men, in one day, which happened as punishment for their having forsaken Hashem. Zichri. A warrior of Ephraim, the northern kingdom, kills the king's son, Maase Yahu, Azrikom, the chief of the household, and El second to the king. The forces of Yisrael take 200,000 women and children captive, and they plunder a lot of spoil from Yehuda, and they take the spoil to Shimrain. Malbim notes that these defeats do not penetrate Yerushalayim, but the other cities of Yehudah. Edeid, a prophet of Hashem, comes out to the army of Yisrael that is approaching Shemarim, and says to them, Pasuk 9, Hine bachamas Hashem elekei avaseichem al Yehudah nasonam b'yedchem, v'taharguvam b'zaaf ad Shomayem higiyah, Behold, by the anger of Hashem, God of your forefathers, against Yehudah, they were given into your hand. And you killed them with rage. It has reached up to the heavens. Mitzurah's David explains that the prophet is telling them that they were successful over Yehudah because of Hashem's anger against Yehudah, not because of Yisrael's merit. Malbim explains, The Prophet tells the army of Yisrael that the people of Yehudah were given into your hand as punishment by divine providence by Hashem's anger against Yehudah. There is a difference in the characteristic of punishments. At a time when anger increases to the point of warranting destruction, the people are given over into the hand of evil people and cruel people. But when fury is mixed with mercy, they are given into the hand of their brothers. It's in their brother's nature to have mercy upon them. Yehuda and Yisrael are brothers, all from one people. This defeat came about because of the anger of Hashem, Hashem, the God of your forefathers, the one Father, one God to everyone. And you killed them with rage. You didn't kill them in a manner of being divine emissaries, but through the anger you have against them, not through the anger of Hashem. And not with mercy for your brothers, only with anger and not with the measure of punishment that Hashem wanted to bring as punishment on them, but such that Adla Shomayim it reached up to the heavens, their crying out reached up to the heavens, because you did not have pity on them. Mitzurah Stovid explains that the Prophet conveys that Yehuda had received enough recompense, and now, moving into Posuk 10, he addresses their taking a captivity, whom they want to have as servants to them, as not being for their own good effectively saying, are you not only bringing guilt of Hashem, your God, with you? Malbim explains that the sin of Yehuda has already been atoned for and they have already received their punishment, but with you, faults before Hashem remain that have not been atoned. And now you are accountable before Hashem, not they. So how can you capture them as slaves? Posuk eleven, the prophet continues uni, and now listen to me. Hashivya ki af Hashem alechem, and return the captivity that you captured from your brothers, because the fierce anger of Hashem is upon you. In Pesukim 12-13, to 13, certain men of the heads of the children of Ephraim, whose names are Azariyahu, son of Yehoichanan, Berechiahu son of Mashi-Lemais, son of Shalom, and Amosah, son of Chadloi, stand up against the men of the army who are approaching. And they say to them, Do not bring the captivity here. Kila Ashmas Hashem Aleinu, because it's for the guilt of Hashem upon us. Meaning, as per Matzudas David, bringing the captivity to Shemrain, is a matter that is considered by Hashem for guilt. It's considered by Hashem to be a culpable act. Atem Aymrim Lehesif <inaudible> Al Chatei Senu al Ashma Senu Ki Rabba Ashma Lanu VaCharein Af Al Yisrael. You are saying to add on to our sins and our guilt because there is a lot of guilt to us and fierce anger is upon Yisrael. Malbim extends, have you not already heard from the prophet that there is guilt of Hashem upon us? Meaning sins that we are guilty of and punishment is fitting against the sins. And how are you saying to add on to our sins and our guilt? Through this, keeping the captivity, the number of sins will increase. Through this, the culpability for punishment will increase upon us. The military leaves the captives and the spoils in front of the officers and all the congregation. And the men who were named earlier, the heads of the children of Ephraim, get up and, Posuk 15, They took charge of the captivity. They took charge of the captivity. They clothed anyone who was naked from the spoil and they dressed them, put shoes on them, gave them food and drink and anointed them, so as David says, with oil. And they led all those who were weak on donkeys And they brought them to Yerichoi, the city of Date Palms, to their brothers, and they returned to Shimrain. So they return all the captives and don't keep them as slaves. In Pesach 16, Ochaz then asks the Assyrian monarchy to help him. The context of this, as explained by Malbim, is that Aram and Ephraim, that's the northern kingdom, had each one not been able to conquer Yerushalayim. But as we've talked about in this perech so far, they killed and caused destruction in the other cities of Yehudah. After that, Aram and Ephraim united to fight against Achaz. And as is found in Yeshaya, perech 7, Yeshaya prophesied to Achaz that he should not fear them. But Achaz didn't believe. And this is when he sends for the king of Assyria to help him. But in the Psukim here in Divrei HaYamim, the next thing it says after telling us that he called for help from Assyria... Is Psokum seventeen to nineteen Yishbu and also the Edomites came, and killed in Yehuda and captured captives, Poshtu, and Plishtim invaded. It continues that they invaded in the cities of the lowlands and of the south of Yehuda, and they captured Bes Shemesh and Ayolin and Gaderois. And Saichai and Timnah and Gimzoi with their suburbs, Vajeshvusham and they settled there. Malbim explains that Aram was east of the land of Yisrael, the Plishtim were west of the land, Edom was south of Yehuda, and Ephraim was north of Yehuda. Enemies came upon Yehuda from all four directions. When Achaz sent for the king of Assyria, even though he exiled Aram and also from the ten tribes he exiled, and he removed the enemies from the northern and eastern directions, other enemies from the southern and western directions, that's Edom and the Plishtim, were awakened. And this is what it means that it says in the Psukim here, and also the Edomites came and the Plishtim invaded. This was after he sent for the king of Assyria, and Achaz didn't stipulate with him about these enemies. The Plishtim were subdued in the days of Uzziah and the Edomites in the days of Amaziah. And now they reappeared. This was Ki Hashem Es Yehuda Ba'avur Melech Yisrael Because Hashem subdued Yehuda because of Achaz, King of Yisrael. Notice he's being called a King of Yisrael rather than a King of Yehuda here. Ki Yehuda which Matsurus Dovid says means because he revealed the people's bad deeds that because of him they performed in public. Umma'il ma'alba Hashem, on which Matsurus Dovid comments, and he himself also acted unfaithfully against Hashem. Psukim so, 20 to 21 tell us that when the king of Assyria, Tilgaspel Nesser came to help Ahuz, he distressed him and did not strengthen him. Because Ahaz divided up the house of Hashem and the palace and the officers and gave to the king of Assyria, but it was not a help to him. Malbem explains that the king of Assyria distressing Ahaz refers to that after Ahaz already having sent silver from the temple and the treasuries of the palace to the king of Assyria as a bribe for his help, which is mentioned in the book of Kings, when Tilghaspil came to the land, Ahaz was required to give him gold from the covering of the sanctuary and the king's palace. And that the king of Assyria didn't strengthen Ahaz, and that it wasn't a help to him, Refers to that he didn't help him against the new enemies that breached his country. And very telling about Achaz is his response to his distress in Pesuk twenty two Serlei, Hotserloi, vaYosef Lim Ol Hashem, Hu Hamelech Achaz. And at the time of his distress, he increased his acting unfaithfully against Hashem. He is the king, Achaz. Malbim says that the purpose of the people striking him was in order to cause him to do teshuvah, to return to Hashem, to return to his better self. But Ahaz did the opposite and increased his faithlessness to Hashem to the point that Hu hamelech Ahaz, he is the king Ahaz, meaning he remained in his wickedness. He didn't change. It is king Ahaz to be like this, he remained this way. Possock 23 says that Ochoz sacrificed to the gods of Darmesek, whose people smote him. He said, lahem Because the gods of the king of Aram are helping them. I will sacrifice and they will help me. Malbim says that after Hashem hit him via Aram, he ascribed it to the gods of Aram, helping those who serve them. In the Book of Kings, it says that when Achaz went to meet Tilgas neser in Damasek, Achaz instructed for a replica of the altar in Damasek to be made in the Heichal of Hashem. And he voided the copper altar and he cut all the vessels of the temple. And this is because first he started to sacrifice to the gods of Aram. And after Assyria exiled Aram, he thought that it was because he worshipped the gods of Aram that they helped him. And therefore he voided the altar of Hashem because of the altar of the gods of Aram. The Pasuk continues that They were to him the cause of stumbling for him and for all Yisrael. Says Malbim that when he started with nullifying the copper altar, it ended after that with all the vessels which is part of the subject of Posuk 24, that he voided the vessels. Ochaz gathered the temple vessels and cut them. Matsudas David says he peeled and cut the gold from them. Malbim says he gathered the vessels and took them for himself. He brought them out to be mundane, because as the Posuk continues, he closed the temple doors after that and nullified the temple service. Matsudas David says he closed the temple doors so that no one would go in to the Besamikdash. Pesach twenty five, and he made altars in every corner of Jerusalem, and in every city of Judah he made Bamais high places for making offerings to other gods. Vayachais es Hashem elaykei and he angered Hashem, God of his forefathers. The Perak ends, telling us that the rest of his matters and all his ways, earlier and later ones, are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Pesach twenty seven, and Ahaz lay with his forefathers, and they buried him in the city. In Yerushalayim, because they did not bring him to the graves of the kings of Yisrael. This is because of how great his wickedness was, explains Mitzvah's David. It's heartbreaking to learn about the desecration described in this parak, the wickedness of achaz, the repeated pursuit of idolatry. The message resounds trust in Hashem. Seek not salvation from other sources. See Hashem behind everything and lean on him. Let's carry these lessons with us into the minutiae of our everyday dealings. The end of the parak says that Chizkiyahu, his son, ruled in his stead. A seed of hope. As the rulership shifts abruptly away from wickedness and to righteousness. Chizkiyahu, who trusted in Hashem, as it says in Sefer Elohim, Chizkiyahu who lifted the kingdom. Thank you for studying together. Lillui Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Rachel Rochelbas Ariereb and Rachel Rachel Rochelbas Shloma.